We've been, we've been talking about love over the last few weeks. And I better get my notes out. I took my, the old sermons out of my Bible so I didn't start preaching the wrong one, which could always happen. And uh, we've been looking at love as a verb. And just a couple of weeks ago, um, Pam shared from the story of the Good Samaritan and we heard about loving our neighbour and then we, we, we looked at that scripture in Matthew that said that uh, the, the new commandment that we've been given to, to love God, we, to love God and to love our neighbour as ourself. And, uh, you know, who is our neighbour? And we, we looked at all that. And, and, you know, it's really imperative if we're going to begin to walk love out, we need to understand the Bible concept and teaching of it. Because sometimes we get confused. And, and, and as I go along, you're going to understand that and you're going to start to identify with things that you felt. You know, because love is a doing word, we need to understand exactly what it is. You know, we've seen all the words up there, but if we can throw, start throwing some slides up, Cam, I've got a lot of slides today. I've got so many slides you think I've been on holidays. But uh, we'll just keep going through that. We're going to go through to, um, yeah, that one, we've, we've done that. So Corinthians, the, Corinthians chapter 13. Who's, who's ever been to a wedding and some relative stands up and reads, love is patient, love is kind, you know. And uh, if, you've, if you've been alive as long as I have, 60 years, you've been to more weddings than you can count on this hand where some relative has stood up and read those words out. But the interesting thing about this is that this, this passage teaches us that love is measurable. See, love is very patient. So where there's impatience, guess what? Love is not operating. Love is kind. So where there's a lack of kindness, love is not operating. It's measurable. You know, you can get the tape out and go, yep, that's okay. And, and so on, and it goes on, and then, you know, we, can, we can read it together. Love is very patient and kind. It's never jealous or envious, never boastful or proud, never haughty or selfish or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Next slide, thanks again. It's not irritable. Wait, hang on, where's my mirror? Or touchy. It does not hold grudges, and it will hardly even notice when others do it wrong. It's never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins. I think that, is that it? No, okay. If you love someone, you'll be loyal to him no matter what. You will always believe in him, always expect the best of him, and always stand your your ground in defending him. We can see from this passage that it's not only a doing word, it's a measurable doing word. You know, so when, when Jesus says, love your neighbour, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Stuff that can be measured and we can say, pass or fail. Are you getting uncomfortable yet? Wait, it's going to get worse. So Jesus starts talking about our neighbour. Who's ever had a neighbour? You know, there's, there's great neighbours, you know, you have the barbecues with. Then there's the other ones. Who's ever had one of those? (laughs) Jesus goes further. He says in John, I think, have we got that? We there? Yeah. A new commandment I give to you, that you might love one another. 
Who's been in church more than 10 years? Anyone? Who's come across some one another's that have made it hard? Anyone? Yeah. Just one or two. Hundred. You know, so, so it's getting progressively worse. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, Scott. I want you to love your neighbour, one another. And you're going, yeah, okay, God, I got that. Then he says this one. Have you heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemies? But I tell you, love your enemies and do good to those, uh, sorry, and pray for those who persecute you. It's getting hard, isn't it? I'm glad he stopped there because, you know, that's kind of like any worse than this and I might get into big trouble. What I found out is, and we go up to the next screen, love is impossible. It's impossible. Look at your neighbour and say, this is impossible. I can't do this. You know? It's going to get better, folks. Don't worry, okay? It's going to get better. But it's important that we understand this because what happens is when we, when we do a series on love and we, we will come across scriptures like we've had already, love your neighbour as yourself, love one another, and you're going, yes, God, I've got this. I'm going to do it. I'll show you how much I love you. By loving these people. And we run out and we try to do it. And what happens is we start to come across uh, the neighbour. Not the the barbecue neighbour, the other guy. Or we come across one of those one another's that we may have met over the years. Or in fact we, we start running into some enemies. And all of a sudden we're looking at the Bible and looking at reality and going, what am I going to do with this? And what tends to happen is love ceases to become a doing word, an action, and it becomes an ideology or a belief system. I'm a Christian and I should love. See, but that's not measurable. Should, we can't put a tape measure over should, can we? But the reality is that many of us live in that place. I should love. And so when the, when the message is preached, love one another, we go, yeah, I should do that. And go on our merry way. Because what happens to us as humans, when we find something that we can't perform, we actually reduce it to the level of belief and ideology. And then James gets up and says, I think this is the next slide, is that right? Fool. You know the verse is never going to be a good verse when it starts with fool. Yeah? Uh, there's, a, there's a passage in, in Galatians and, and Paul's talking about uh, these believers that, that started off well but then started to get back into the law. And in the, I think it might be the Message Bible, it says, Dear idiots in Galatia. <laughs> you know that's not going to be a positive scripture, don't you? So, so James just says, Fool, when will you ever learn that believing is useless without doing what God wants you to do. Believing is useless without doing what God wants to do. See, as long as we hold love as an ideology, 
as a, a theory. In fact, uh, John Laws was talking to someone the other day and they were having a rant about refugees and how people should be doing this and the government should be doing that. And so John said, have you got a spare room in your house? The guy said, yeah. And, and you don't have a refugee living in it? No. Fool! What good is believing something if you're not prepared to put it into action? And so what I want to do this morning, and hang on, let me stop there because there's a scripture that I wanted to, uh, you, you, could you make sense of that? <laughs> I, I, I'm struggling. <laughs> we believe we should love one another, right? Yeah? Yeah. We believe we should love our neighbour, right? Yeah. We believe we should love our enemies. And I had in brackets, loosens collar. You know? Yeah? So, so how are we going to do this? Because I think if you've been a Christian like me, you've already run into this thing that I started talking about today. And you've, you may have already reduced love to an ideology, to a belief system and moved away from measurable. So, so the day I want to talk about how do we get back into that? How do we make this work? And it's imperative that we make it work. Because Paul says to the church at, at Galatia, he says, now listen, circumcision or lack of circumcision means nothing. In other words, because he was talking about the Jewish religion, whether you're religious or not religious, means nothing. The only thing that's important is faith that works through love. See, the only thing that's important, the only thing, is faith that works through love. And so it's imperative that we get a handle on this thing and and work out how we're going to do it. Is that okay? So you ready? I'd like to say that the notes get better, but they don't. Okay, so here we go. Because he did, we can. 1 John 4, 19 says, because he loved us. Sorry, we we love because he first loved us. There's a connection with God's love to us and our ability to love. And so what I want to talk to you today is how do we get into God's love to a degree where our faith begins to work through that. Because Paul says the love of Christ, I think it's in 2 Corinthians somewhere, he says the love of Christ compels me. And it's really interesting the way the the English translations translate that word. Some translations say it compels me. In other words, it urges me on to do something. But other translations, like the the King James and the New King James, says the love of Christ constrains me, so it holds me back. So in other words, it's the love of Christ that determines whether we do something or don't do something. It becomes the controlling mechanism in our life. So we, we really need to get a grasp on that. Okay. We're going to look at two passages that hold the key to loving, I believe. Not loving because we must or should, 
Now, if you're a Christian, let me say this categorically. We need to take the words must or should out of our vocabulary. Because he did, we can. See, love is not about must or should, it's about can. Because he did, we can. Okay, so you ready? Okay, here we go. The first passage is Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. Empty yourself. The ability for us to love the way God wants us to love must start with us recognising that we can't do it. It's impossible, so we just have to empty ourselves. Listen to what it says. Have this attitude in yourself which was also in Christ Jesus who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. In other words, he, he thought... For God so loved the world that he, what? Gave his son, okay? So Jesus could have easily said, okay, I'm the son, I got this, God's sending me in the world, I'm going to love it. But he didn't do that. He emptied himself of any kind of desire to achieve something to prove that he was God's son. You know, sometimes we, we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love and I'm, God, I'm going to show you th- that I got this. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm going to show you because I'm going to love. And you said, I must love and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love. I'm determined. Jesus said, no, I, I'm not going to grasp equality with, love, with God. I'm not going to love like God loved that way. I'm going to empty myself. Let's, let's keep going. Taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men... And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on the cross. And so the first key to this is that the only way is to start with emptying ourselves. It's to start with saying, okay, I cannot do this apart from Jesus. And the reality is, after I've read the Gospels hundreds of times, I've come to the conclusion that when Jesus was talking to the masses, he never really was talking about to them about what they should do. If you read it, he's always setting up this impossible standard. He said, I tell you've heard it said, but I tell you this. And it's like, we can't keep the law, and you've just gone way above what the law said, and you said, this is what you've got to do. All of Jesus' teaching was to bring us to the place where we cannot do this by ourselves. And that's why I I often wondered, you know, you look at the rest of the Bible and when the disciples are preaching about Jesus coming back, you know, when when they're sharing the gospel with people, you go through the book of Acts, they never talk about Jesus' messages. They never use Jesus' sermons. You never find any of them talking about the Sermon on the Mount. I had a, heard a great sermon the other day by Jesus, and he said this and that and that. No, they just said, we just want to present you the gospel. Jesus came and died and rose from the dead. That's it. That was their message. Jesus came and died and rose from the dead. And we're presenting you today new life as a result of that, so that You don't have to do anything in the old way. It's new. I'm presenting you a new life. Okay, so first thing, empty yourself. 
Okay. And now, this is the passage we're going to spend most of the time on, about knowing God's love. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. I love this passage. It's one of my favourites. And it's got all these, if you get the right version, it's got all these things, these so that's. And it's like he says this, so that. The next thing can happen. So that. The next thing can happen. So this is like this, this series, this system where Jesus begins to build stuff into us. So I pray that God will empower you with inner strength through his spirit and let's replace that little number 17 and then with a so that. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. So, so all of a sudden, Jesus is not external. We're trying to please him and live up to his standard. But now, Jesus is what? Internal. See, one of the great things about the gospel is the fact that because Jesus is in us, uh, it's the hope of glory. It's the hope of us being able to do things that we couldn't do otherwise. Because he's living in us. Okay, let's keep going. That your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Now, I recognise that this is a process. It really is. And I'm going I'm to venture to say that some of you may not have practised this as much. May not. Who's never seen this verse before? Anyone? Don't be embarrassed to put your hand up. Who's read, the Bible? Who's read it and never seen it? <laughs> you know, I, I read this hundred times. Didn't know it was there. I pray that your roots will go down deep into God's love. Here is the secret. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he finishes it out with, without me, you can do nothing. Okay, so he, here is the secret. We, we put out the roots of our life. We dive deep into God's love. It's kind of funny. Let our roots don't, don't have roots. Got feet and uh, got boots, but no roots. So I was kind of playing with writing a song this week about this, and I, could, I just I couldn't get it together in time to sing it today. But the line said, I, I left that out. No, it's a really good song. I left that out. But what it did say was, what it did say was, I want to plunge. I, I, I'm thirsty, and I want to plunge into the well of your love. I want to drink from your love. I want to drink deeply from your love. I want to drink so deeply from your love that it begins to fill me up, so that when you squeeze me, like a sponge, you know, you give it a squeeze. Love comes out. When you, when you touch my life, the response that you get is love. Not judgment. Not all the other things that were on the other side of the ledger in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And you may have the power to understand 
It's, a, it's one of my favorite Greek words. It's the Greek word katalambano. And it means to apprehend like a criminal. Or to seize. The implication is we can't... We'll see it in a minute. We can't know it. We've got to apprehend it. We've got to... It's like apprehending it with our spirit. We, we lay hold of something that's not knowable and sort of just grab it and then say, God, I've got this thing in my hands now. Uh, I don't want to let it go because it might kill me. I need your spirit to show me what to do with it, to help me know it. It says, you may have the power to understand, to comprehend, to grasp, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. How wide. Remember the song? So wide. Can't get round it. So high. Can't get over it. So low. I can't get... Yeah. No matter... The scripture says, where can I go from your love? Even if I go to the ends of the earth, you are there. And your love is there. And when we begin to live in the reality of God's love, that no matter what we do, he is there and is sustaining us. And because our roots have gone down, because we've dived deep into that, because we're actually drawing up from the well of God's love the nourishment and the resources for our life, all of a sudden what was contrary maybe to 1 Corinthians Chapter 13 starts to change because there's a new kind of blood flowing through our veins. There's a new kind of sap going through our branches and we're receiving God's love and we're living in God's love. And go, go to the next one. Thanks, Cam. May you experience, and may you experience the love of Christ. That word there is, is the same word that says, and Eve knew her husband. They use that when they do, do the Greek Old Testament. That's the word they use. Eve, uh, Adam knew his wife and she became pregnant. It's, it's not just a, an experience like, hey, I went out to a party the other night. No, it's where we know something and that knowledge becomes integral to who we are. You may experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. It's impossible. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because we can experience something, we can know something that's unknowable. And the Bible's full of these kind of, what do you call those things? Uh, Paradoxes. And you all started with a P. Didn't want to get that word wrong. Paradoxes. You can't do this. With man it's impossible, but with me, all things are possible. Paradox. Paradox. Because last time I looked, I were human. But I'm not just human. Because my roots go down into his love. And I begin to draw up from his love what I need to do this. Then, <laughs> listen to this one. Then you will be made complete with how much? 
all. All the what? Fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's, that's the, I think it's a New Living Translation, this one, if I remember rightly. But some of the, the, the more, like the, some of the more regular translations just say that you would be filled up to the fullness of God. What you mean, that thing which we tried to do but we can't do, so we emptied ourselves, we end up being able to do. Yeah, when our love, when our, our roots, when our life is sown deep into his love and we're drawing his love back up into our life, nourishing, sustaining, undergirding us, changing the way we think about ourselves. See, it's impossible to be insecure if you really know God loves you. You know, because... The Bible says if God is for us, who can be against us? When our roots go down deep into his love and we draw that sap up into our being to the place where we're changed, then we don't think, what can man do to me? What does it matter what you think? I don't care what you think, God loves me. Yeah? I don't care what you think about me, God loves me. And all of a sudden, we are a totally different animal. I don't care whether I live or die. God loves me. You, you can't threaten someone who doesn't care if they die. Right? You know, if you don't do what I want, I'll kill you. Bring it on. <laughs> you can kill me if you want, but I'm going to heaven. How is it with you? The fullness. We empty ourselves. We begin by, begin, by realising and saying categorically to our own heart, I cannot do this. I'm not going to mess around with that must and should and all that stuff. I'm just going to say, I cannot do this in my own strength, but I want to. So I'm going to empty myself and I'm going to invite Jesus to come and live in my heart. Now, you may have done that in a salvation sense, Yeah? But I'm talking about taking another step forward and saying, I'm going to invite Jesus come, to come and live functionally in my heart. You know, where, where his, his peace, the peace of Christ is ruling in our hearts. And his love is the one that's causing us to go or causing us to stay. And we're filled up with all the fullness of, that comes from God. How are we going? 10.46. We're good. Okay, next screen. The last screen. Because he did, we can. Romans 5.5. 5. It's probably good to read the whole verse. Okay, I don't have to because the, the, the lines before that just say, and hope does not disappoint because the love of Christ has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. What? Yep, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another, how? As I have loved you. That's one of those impossibles. It's impossible as I have loved you. The love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit.